All right, everybody. Well, we're going to enter into a time of worship, and in order to uh, get into that, we just want to say a quick prayer before we hand it over to the worship team. So we just say, Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are here, and Holy Spirit, would you come? Come and fill us up. Fill this whole campus, God. We want to see this campus reached for you. God, we want to see you magnified in all the ways that we know you're worthy of it. And Lord, we just, uh, we just come and we lay, lay down everything that we brought in tonight, lay down our lives for you, God. We want to carry that cross. I thank you, God, that your burden is easy and your load is light on us, God. And if, if we're not feeling that, Lord, you're going to minister to us through this worship, God, through the message tonight, uh, in prayer with each other and in community. Lord, I just thank you that you're a God who moves and who changes things and, and makes a difference in the world. And I thank you, Lord, that you partner with us to do that. So, Lord, we just, right now, right here, we give this night to you and we say, God, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. First of all, of the semester, um, we're going to go into some musical worship, so if you guys want to, like, spread out, there's not much room, not much room, if you want to spread out to the aisles or come up front, feel free. Stand a chance when I stand in 
my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, when I'm standing in your love, cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, I'm standing. Stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your God, I want to know the peace that rules my 
just thank you, God, that you sent Jesus to live as an example for us. And I just pray tonight that we would know without a shadow of a doubt, God, that we belong to you, that we're yours fully and wholly. So just thank you for this time with family in Jesus' name. Thanks for worshiping with us. I'm going to invite our pastor and brother, Ryan Otto, to come up and share the word tonight. Let's give him a hand. Thanks, Leah. Man, thank you, worship band. What's up, everyone? It's good to see you. Welcome back. Thanks, Chris. You guys excited to be back? A little bit? Yeah, maybe. A little bit? No? All right. Is anyone out there? <laughs> well, my name is Ryan. Thank you so much for coming out. I saw a lot of new faces coming in, old faces, in-between faces, whatever that means. Uh, someone's here from a new country. What's up, Ida? Yes, I don't know if she heard me. Welcome, Ida, everyone, from where? Uh, Sweden, right? Denmark, Denmark. <laughs> well, uh, guys, we are so excited for spring semester. Spring semester is always Sweet, we got a lot of cool things going on. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm blessed to be the pastor here. If you haven't met me, I would love to meet you. Uh, after service, we're going to have, uh, I hear, uh, M&M cookies and Rice Krispie treats, snacks out there. Uh, we'd love to get you plugged in. Uh, if you weren't here, real quick, we have a new texting number. Hannah, if you want to put that up, that texting, uh, it's alive, fam, all one word to 97,000. There you go. Not 9,700, 97,000. We use that for events. We have weekend events every weekend. We also send out our newsletter tomorrow, um, and then we use GroupMe and all that. We just want to get you plugged in and connected. So, um, Also, there's someone really special here that I always love to give honor when leaders come back, and he's probably going to be mad at me for doing this, but my boy, my brother, Jeremy Henderson, is back with us. Stand up, Jer. Stand up. Yep. If you guys don't know him, he graduated four years ago. He helped, he helped start Alive when there was like three years ago. All right, you're not that old, right? You know, come on, bro. You know, but he helped start Alive from scratch and helped really build it to what the family it is today. And he just came back for grad school. So we're so honored and, and just thankful for you, man, and excited you're back on campus, right? So if you don't know this, do you get to know him? Yes, he looks like Usher's little brother, but he's actually Brandon Henderson, our youth pastor's little brother, but you know, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we are going to be going uh, through the book of Mark. No, not the book about Mark Hagee, but the gospel of Mark in the Bible. I know Mark Hagee's an awesome guy, and yes, you should hang out with him. And maybe he might write a book one day, but it's not the, the gospel of Mark. <laughs> but it could be, maybe one day. <laughs> but, man, we are going to go through the book of Mark. And every year, um, we've actually gone through a gospel, John. Well, the second year, we went through Acts, which isn't technically a gospel, but it's the next thing to a gospel. And then last year, we went through Luke, and we're going through the book of Mark. And I don't know about you, but this new year, there's just been a new hunger for the word of God. Um, and I'm just... My wife and I, we've been reading through the one-year Bible, and we just are, have been getting, the more you read the Word of God, the more you get with God, the hungrier you get for God. And we love that verse. We've been praying that over ourselves. As we draw near to God, He draws near to us. 
And that's just such a sweet promise that Jesus promised us, that Jesus came so that we could draw near to God. And so if you don't read your Bible, if you're new at that, I would just love to invite you to join us on this journey through the book of Mark. We're going to go through pretty much almost a chapter a week, and I would just love you to, to, to read it on your own time, to, to study it afterwards. We're not going to be able to hit everything in each chapter, but we would love for you to be able to dive deep, and I believe God's going to meet you in a sweet and new way. So a little bit about the book of Mark before we uh, kind of get started in chapter one. This phrase has been going through my mind over break, to walk the ways that Jesus walked. Walking the ways that Jesus walked. And I don't know if you've ever seen Kundai Mugabe walk, but man, this dude has a swagger to his step, right? This dude can walk like, man, he just knows how to strut, right? And so if I wanted to follow Kundai around, I'd have to kind of study his walk. I'd have to live life with him and see, does he walk different when he's like at work? Does he walk different when he was with his girlfriend or with his family or when he's playing, you know, a sport? Or does he walk different when he's happy or he's sad? But I'd have to spend time with him, right? I'd have to study him. I'd have to practice how he walks and how he lives and what, he, what his characteristics are. And if we're going to really walk the way that Jesus walked, I want to hang out with Jesus. Because the more that I hang out with someone, the more I become like them. Have you ever heard that quote that if you take the five people you hang out with the most and you average, average them together, that's you? You ever heard that? No? Am I the only one? My grandma told me that growing up all the time. Watch who you hang out with, Ryan, because those people are pretty much you, you know? You become like who you hang out with, right? That's why we want to be a community and a family. My grandma doesn't sound like that. Grandma, you're, I know you're listening to this podcast. You definitely don't sound like that. I'm going to get in trouble. You guys all know Gladys, right? She's, she, if, you, if you're Facebook friends with me, if you're all alive, you're probably Facebook friends with her, so... <laughs> But, you know, like, you, you, the people you hang out with, the people you become like, right? And so the more we hang out with Jesus, the more we study his life, the more we can become like him. Todd White, he's this radical man of God. He said this quote that kind of hit me hard over break as well. He says, we don't read the word of God just to know the word of God or to understand the word of God, but we read the word of God to become the word of God. That we read the word to become it. Right? We don't want to just know it. What good is information if we learn something, but we don't apply it? What good is information if we study in our minds and it stays in our head and doesn't travel in our heart? But what if it travels, goes to our mind, travels in our heart, but isn't lived out through our lives? They say they will know we are Christians by our love, by how we live our life. That faith is nothing without action, right? That faith is dead without action. And so that hit me, and I, and I thought about as we study the word of God, as we look at how Jesus lived his life, I want, the tra I want that to change how I live my life. As I don't just read the word of God, but I hang out with the one who wrote the word of God by making time for him, I pray that my life is changed because of it. Mark um, is believed to, be one of the, to actually be the first gospel ever written. 
Mark was actually not one of the 12 disciples, but Mark was a disciple of Peter. And Peter was one of Jesus' three, one of his 12. Um, he was the one that Jesus started the church on. He said, Peter, you will be my rock. He started the church. He was an amazing man of God. Uh, sometimes Peter gets a bad rap. I actually really like Peter. But Mark was a disciple of Peter. And so a lot of the stories in, in what we find in the gospel of Mark are actually what Peter told Mark. And so Mark was the first gospel. It was wrote to the Christians in Rome. And, and if you, when you read uh, the gospel and read anything in the Bible, it's really important to know, well, who was it written to and why was it wrote? And remember, if, if, if you were alive back then, they didn't have computers, they didn't have emails, they didn't have newspapers, right? And, and if you saw all these miracles happening and, and saw these amazing things from God, it was so important to write them down somewhere and send them out so people would know, that, so there would be evidence, right? So people for generations would know who God was and what God did. And so there's five main themes in the book of Mark, and one is the purposes of Jesus, the mission of Jesus, the work of Jesus, and the meaning of discipleship and faith, and then the kingdom realm of God, the kingdom realm of God. In every turn in Mark's gospel, Jesus is inviting people to follow him. This is the essence of what discipleship is. It's an invitation, an extended invitation to everyone and anyone. And so if you are new here and you're like, who is this guy, Jesus? Someone brought me here, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your friend. We just say you are welcome. We welcome you where you're at in your faith walk. If, that's, if you've been going to church your whole life and you're radical and all in for Jesus, you're just like, whoa, I'm here because I like the girl that brought me. Hey, that's how God got me. No shame in that. <laughs> we welcome you wherever you're at, and we pray that we can be friends, a community, and a family that helps you know that God is real and radical, and it will flip your life out upside down, that it will be the best adventure you ever go on. And so Jesus shows us um, three, three aspects through Mark that I think are very important throughout the, the theme, throughout the whole book. Self-denial, cross-bearing, and da daily living. Self-denial basically means surrendering one's entire life and, uh, and it be to, to Jesus and trusting him with your life. So, so self-denial is, uh, I read this quote too, that like, um, as Jesus loved the church, um, he gave up his life for the church, which we are the church, the people of God. And, and, you know, husbands are supposed to love their wives as Jesus loved the church. And I'm still in this learning how to be a husband. I'm like, man, that really hit me. What if every day I woke up and was like, wow, how could I die to myself, give up my own desires and needs for my wife? But what if we also did that for each other? And for this, for this world, for our, even our professors that we don't like. Like, what if we went in and honored them and showed them honor and or that roommate that just drives us up a wall, and we put ourselves aside, say, I'm going to honor them, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender myself to Jesus as he walks the way. The second one is taking up one's cross. This reminds us of what Jesus did for us on the cross and how this wasn't focused on his own will, but the will of his Father, that Jesus co didn't come to be served, but to serve others. And I'm just highlighting a couple things before we get in the book of Mark, the first chapter, because I think these are important. But he didn't come to serve. He was king of kings and lord of lords. He who knew no sin became sin to help us and to save us. But here's the most important thing about Jesus' life. He wasn't living for himself. Constantly, he was living for the one that sent him. His father sent him. 
And he loved us, but he loved his father even more. And he was here for a purpose and a plan that his father put on his life. And we get to live in that same example as Jesus did. And today, do we believe and trust that God has a better plan for our, for our lives than we do for ourselves? It will be radical. It will flip your life upside down. It will be a commitment. And it is not for easy or for the faint of heart. But I promise it will be worth it. It will cost our lives everything. But it will, enrich in our, it will enrich in our lives and make our life worth living in more ways than we could ever describe. I promise you, if I, 10, 15 years ago, if you would have told me I was going to be a college pastor, I would have been very upset with you and said, no way. But I wake up every day and I get to hang out with awesome students and awesome people at an awesome church. And I get to share about the hope and love that has changed my life from the inside out. And that's a person, not just this religion. I hate when someone says I'm a religious. I don't want to be religious. I want to be radical and real because that's what I believe Jesus was. And I want to know him as a person and as a friend. And then the third aspect is daily living. This is a choice of following Jesus daily and continuously. This relationship is built on faith and a, and a daily act of living our Jesus' teaching and examples. We live this life by faith with the Spirit of God who is with us and in us, and we continue to draw closer to God through his word and through his spirit. One of the things that marks alive, and, and I hope marks our church, and that marks us as believers is, Jesus says, my Father looks for people who worship in spirit and in truth. There's been parts of my life where I have worshipped the word of God. I went to seminary, and I've studied the word of God, and I've studied Greek and Hebrew, and I believed if I didn't read the word of God, that God wouldn't love me. It was all about the word of God, and it was no spirit, and there was no relationship. And then God took me on a journey where I traveled the world and been over to 25 countries, and it was all about his spirit and his presence and relationship and love and just feeling and the feels, right? You love the feels. And, and, and that was good too, but he's bringing me to a season of like where it's the both. And I actually even, uh, you, know, you know how God hits you with things in the shower, you know. And I just stand there and I'm like, Lord, you know, it's true, right? You're in the shower and not thinking about anything. And then boom, it's like, have you ever got slain in the spirit in the shower? That could be dangerous. <laughs> Way. <laughs> if you don't know what slain in the spirit is, just ask Gabby Ann. Um, but be careful, it might happen to you. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, it hit me, and I was like, wow, Lord, and I had to repent. And repent is just changing one's mind, you know. We don't even have to ask for forgiveness because Jesus has already forgiven us. But a lot of times I just thank him for forgiveness. And I know that sounds weird, and if you don't vibe with that, talk to me after, and I'll explain more. But I thank Jesus for forgiving me because he died on the cross for past sins and future sins. I don't just take that lightly, but I don't have to beg him for forgiveness because he's already given us the gift, right? And so Jesus, I say, wow, thank you, for, thank you for forgiving me for this, but out of sorrow, I am sorry that I have not honored your word. And in not honoring your word, I haven't honored you because you wrote the word, you spoke the word. Like, guys, no offense, I love Alive. God has humbly helped me and Leah and Kundai and Jeremy and Mark and others build this family from scratch. So when someone disses Alive, that t I take that personally. I do, because I love this place, and I love you guys, and I love what this family's become. We're definitely not perfect, but it, it feels personal to me, right? If you don't like Alive, it's, it's kind of like, no offense, if, you don't, if you're not friends with my wife, you're probably not going to be friends with me. Like, sorry, she's my wife. Like, I pick her over you. No offense. <laughs> but, like, that's kind of like, that hit me. It was like, wow, like, 
I haven't honored your word, and not honoring your word, I haven't honored you. And so there's this new hunger for the word of God, and I pray that continues in my life and in this ministry. And so if that wasn't a good um, explanation on why you should read Mark, um, I don't know what will. Talk to Kundai. Maybe he can do better than me. <laughs> but all right, that was supposed to be a joke. You don't have to talk to Kundai. <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to pray, and then we are going to start Mark chapter 1. And as we read Mark one of the things we're looking at, again, I can't hit everything, and I'm going to jump around a little bit, but as we go through chapter to chapter, we really want to focus in this series of, in life application, right? Sometimes we read the Bible, and we're like, great, awesome, but what does that mean for my life? We want to look at life application, and we want to look at how did Jesus walk the walk? Because we want to walk as he walked. So how did Jesus live his life, and what does that mean for us, and how does, what does that mean translated in our lives, and how we walk and we live our lives today? So just be looking at that. Feel free to open your Bibles or your phones or just listen. That's cool too. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you, God. I thank you that you can even use my rambling and failed jokes for your goodness and your glory. I just pray there's freedom in this place, God. I echo what Adam said in his word, God. We just pray against shame. We thank you that all are welcome, that you don't uh, call the qualified, but you qualify the called, that you accept everyone where they're at, and that you join them in that process. I thank you that they don't have to be good to come to church or come to you, but you love them and accept them where they're at on the journey. And God, we just pray that you would show up tonight, that you would speak to us, that you would inspire us, and speak through your living word. We honor your word, and we honor the one who wrote the word. Let us be worshipers who worship in spirit, Holy Spirit, and in your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to storytell a little bit of this and read uh, a bunch, and some of it's going to be on the screen, so just follow along or, or go to sleep, whatever you want to do. Um, just please don't snore, because that would be distracting. <laughs> so Mark starts off, and it's unlike other Gospels where there's not a genealogy of Jesus, there's not, um, you know, about his family. It actually starts talking about the story before the story, about this radical dude named John the Baptist, and he came and he was basically a guy to prepare the way for Jesus, right? He was like, uh, in war, you would send out scouts to kind of scout out the enemy and to prepare the way. In a way, he came here, he was actually Jesus' cousin, but he came here to prepare the the way, and he was out there preaching the good news, baptizing people with water, and this was a radical man of God. This was a guy that a lot of people thought actually was the Messiah. They thought, because this was one of the most powerful men of God that they had experienced uh, or, or ever experienced in their life, and I just love, John is out there preaching. He's preaching the repentance of sins, and he's, he's preaching the kingdom of God, and he says this in verse... Uh, can't see it. Where is it? Verse 7, I think it is. Verse 7. And he says this, and this is the message he kept preaching. There is a man coming after me who is greater and a lot more powerful than I am. I'm not even worthy to bend down and untie the strap of his sandals. I've baptized you into water, but he will baptize you into the spirit of holiness into a spirit of holiness. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, by the way. And I just love that he says, there is a man coming after me who is greater and more powerful than I am. 
And so again, through this lens of life application and what this means for me, I'm thinking, wow, Jesus came, he died on the cross, he was resurrected, and now he's in heaven, right? But he's alive in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, we're going to go through that more this year. But there is a time where Jesus is coming back fully in the flesh. He promises us that. But yet he's alive in us and through us. And I was thinking, what if I lived my life pointing to him and not myself? Pointing to someone greater than me, letting people know that there's someone out there greater. There's someone out there that can fill you with hope, that will fill you with love, that will change your life, that will inspire your life. That I know and that I want you to know. And I don't just say that, I don't just talk the talk, but I walk the walk. What if we lived our lives, so much of our culture, right? And I do it. I'm not shaming anyone on Instagram. We're taking selfies. We're like, look at me. I got so many followers. Like, even you see this with pastors today. And I've even been guilty of this, of like, oh, how many YouTube likes do I have on my message or podcast followers or books that I've shared? And we make it all about me. I don't want to live a life where it's a kingdom of me. I want to live a life that's a kingdom of God. I want to live a life pointing to him. I don't want people to be like, Ryan, I was my favorite preacher you're like well definitely not but (laughs) I don't want to be known as a great preacher I want to be known as someone who listened and obeyed God and followed him radically with his life loving him and loving others like 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 guys like I don't we live we live a life and and I'm 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 guilty of it how many of my prayers is like Lord about me 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 it's a life of me but what if I started living in a life that's saying hey there's someone greater than me that's coming And my hope is today that you don't even leave thinking of me or the band, even though they're way better than me. But you think about Jesus, and you think about this guy that that is great and that will change your life. And John John the Baptist, he baptized people in the water, but he said, uh, Jesus will come and baptize you with the power of the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you into holiness. And what is holiness? Holiness is basically the nature of God. And we are called to be holy as he is holy. Holy is a characteristic of who he is. And so as we're baptized into holiness, what does that mean? That means when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts by us asking Jesus into our hearts, because you might be like, well, how can Jesus come to our hearts if he's in heaven? That's a great question. Jesus is in heaven. But the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit are all in one. And when we ask Jesus into our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, makes his home into our hearts, and changes our life From the inside out. And as he changes us, as we're baptized with the holiness, with the spirit of God, we begin to walk and talk and live more like God. If you're on a faith journey with Jesus and you're in relationship with him, not religion, relationship, friendship, I guarantee some of the old movies or music or way you used to talk or things you used to did, you probably can't do those things anymore. I know I used to love rap. I still like rap. But there's certain songs I can't listen to when they're saying certain things or talking about certain things because I have been changed and something with me doesn't vibe with that, right? That, that would be like me, Ohio State fan, going rooting for Michigan, right? <laughs> I can't do that. That's just not in my nature. I, can, I like Illinois, though. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but like, right, there's just something you're like, whoa, I just can't. And so, like, like, when we're changed, our nature is changed, right? Brett, Jacob will know this. I love movies, but there are some movies that I can just not go to. He or others might be able to, and I might be more sensitive, but that's okay because God has changed me in a way to make me sensitive to certain things. 
if we're not changing in our lifestyle and the things we do or the things that we accept in our life isn't changing, we need to ask ourselves, are we really changing even at all? And I say that with someone who's on the journey. I'm not, not pointing fingers. You can ask my wife. There's a lot of things in my life that needs to be changed. Megan, I know you're like, amen to that, you know. But, but hey, it's a journey, right? I always like to say life's a journey. It's not how you start it. It's how you finish it. So, so then we go on, and um, I, I just think this is, so John then baptizes Jesus. And yes, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus wanted him to baptize him, so he got baptized. And then Jesus kind of goes on this journey, and he just starts recruiting. But he doesn't start recruiting by advertising or, or persuading people to come, with, come to him. But, but check this out. I'm just going to read a little bit. So Jesus says this. Later on, after John, John the baptizer uh, was arrested, Jesus went back into the region of Galilee and preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. His message was this. At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in the fullness Turn your lives back to God and put your trust and your hope into the gospel. As Jesus was walking along the shore of Lake Galilee, he noticed two brothers fishing, Simon and Andrew. He watched them as they were casting their nets into the sea and said to them, Come and follow me, and I will transform you into men who catch people instead of fish. And check this out. It's going to be on the screen. Immediately, they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Immediately, they dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Walking a little farther, Jesus found two other brothers among, uh, sitting in a boat along with their father, uh, amending their nets. Their names was Jacob and John and their, and their father Zebedee. Jesus immediately walked up to them and invited the two brothers to become his followers. At once, Jacob and John dropped their nets, stood up, left their father in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. So, so let's like put that in real life terms, right? Now, or like Kundai, let's use Kundai. Kundai's at work, he's an engineer. Jesus, he meets Jesus out at lunch, right? And he says, hey, come with me. You're an engineer, You're, you know, I'm gonna make you a fisher of men. I don't know how that relates to the story. But he's just like, all right, peace. Sorry about your luck, boss. I'm out. I'm following Jesus, you know. And he just leaves his work, right? So then he's at Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know. He's hanging out with his dad in Zimbabwe at, for Thanksgiving. You, do you guys do Thanksgiving? I don't know. You're having dinner, family dinner, you know. I don't know. That probably doesn't make sense. I didn't think that through. <laughs> um, but Jesus comes to him. He says, hey, follow me. I'm going to change your lives. And he just says, See you, Pops. I'm going with Jesus. I mean, literally, he left his dad in the boat, and they just peace out. Like, did Jesus have a boat? Were they walking on water then? I don't know what happened, but he just left his dad in the boat. Like, like this is real a real thing that happened. Like, that's radical, right? And I wonder, like, like we don't even know what really, I mean, we do know some of what Jesus said, but, but was there, you know, there's another verse in, in John that says, Jesus had the light of life, that when he comes to give life, it's life to the full, Hannah. It's life to the full. It's literally like this excitement and this love that, that like transforms your life, again, from the inside out. And I wonder if he just carried this thing that was so attractive, so exhilarating, that you just felt it in your heart that he called you to something greater. 
that he called you to something greater, and you took that leap of faith and said, I'm all in. I'm going. Have you ever met someone? Like, maybe for you it's a celebrity. I don't know, Taylor Swift, Tim Tebow. I don't know who it is. But that you would, like, give up everything to go see, right? I've been that guy that we, you, you stand outside in the cold to get good seats. We went to Passion. You guys know about Passion? And you run to get good seats by the stage. And you're standing in the cold for, like, an hour freezing your butt off. And, like, just to get good seats to be by the stage, right? Like, you, you, am I the only one? Come on, Hope, I know you have for sure, right? Like, 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 Kristen, you have. Come on. I mean, let, I mean, any guys? Jake? I don't know. Maybe an athlete? Anyone? Paul? I have? Yeah, all right. I'm not the only one. All right. So it's going to make sure you guys are alive, awake. Oh, and you have, right? Who do you want to see? Woody? Buzz? <laughs> no? Do you, are, you, are you guys up there? One thing? All right, cool. All right, so you guys know what I'm saying. You know, I mean, hey, maybe you guys stand out in the cold to see me. I don't know. For me, it's standing out in the cold to see MJ do gymnastics. I went and see, you know, uh, she's awesome. Hey, same, shameless plug, this, this Saturday, 2 o'clock, Huff Hall, be there, be square. Boom. <laughs> um, she's a gymnast. Wait, she can do cool flips. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sleeping on the couch tonight because of that, so if you got it, Paul, if you have an open bed that I can stay in, you know. Um, all right, back on track. What are we talking about? So they left, and they followed Jesus. <laughs> so I'm just like, man, what if, I, what if we could live in a way that called people to something greater? Jesus walked in a live away, lived in a way that called people to something greater. And I just had that question. This will be up on the slide. Are we, are we walking and living in a way that calls people to their destiny, destiny, that calls people to live life to the full? Are we bringing the best out of people that I believe Jesus did? Jesus had the light of life, and he called people to something greater. And I don't know about you, but I want to live in that same light of life. You know, just as I was, right before I came up here, I was praying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And I just thought of that phrase that it says, that, that the quote says, people won't often remember what you say, which is kind of discouraging when you're about to preach. But, <laughs> but they'll often remember how you made, how you made them feel. And, and I don't know about you, but we don't want to just have this awesome experience and encounter here, but we want to be a family that walks with people and that encourages people and that brings life to people with the love of Christ in, in our hearts and our lives. Um, so he goes on, I'm going to jump around now, um, and again, we're looking at life application, how this manifests, how this impacts our lives, and, and then Jesus starts, so he gathers his crew, he gathers his posse, yes, I just said that, and, uh, now he's going to, now he's going to about to do some work, and then I'm picking back up, and it says this, then Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and they immediately started teaching on the Sabbath day of the synagogue, the people were awestruck and overwhelmed by his teaching, and this is up on the screen, because he taught in a way that demonstrated God's authority. He taught in a way that demonstrated God's authority, which was quite unlike the religious scholars. You never meet someone that knows a lot up here but doesn't live it in here. You ever meet someone that talks the talk but you kind of feel like they don't walk the walk? You know, one of my prayers the most is, Lord, let me be someone who walks the walk so when I talk it, it's backed up by how I walk it. But there's a difference between speaking at someone and speaking with someone. 
There's a difference between getting on the same level of someone and looking into their eyes and letting them know that you carry an authority, that you carry a power, that you carry a weight that can change someone's life. Uh, me and the leadership team were reading through this awesome book called Rooted by Banning Leapster. I definitely recommend it. Um, and I love this story that he told about his son who was about to go into surgery and his, he, he was starting, to, he was crying and he was just scared and he was f- afraid. It was the first time he'd ever gone into surgery. And, and Banning um, is in the waiting room and he leaps up and he runs to his son as if they're about to go through the doors, you know, and he gets on his level and he looks into his son's eyes and he says, you are going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And he looked in his eyes, and he was carrying an authority of a belief and a faith that his son was going to be okay, that his son was not alone. And he says in the book that if he wavered in that, if he had doubt in that, if he was, if he, if he, his son would know that. But his son knew by the tone of his voice and the look in his eyes, the authority that he carried, that his son was going to be okay. And he empowered him. He took his belief and empowered his son to have that same faith and that belief. And I believe that when they said Jesus spoke with an authority, a power that went, went more than mere words, that it impacted and changed, people, changed people's lives and the atmosphere. So the story goes on. It says this. Suddenly during the meeting, a demon-possessed man screamed out, Hey, leave us alone, Jesus the victorious. I know who you are. You're, the God, you're God's holy one, and you have come to destroy us. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Silence, you are bound. Come out of him. The man's body shook violently in spasms, and the demon hurled over to the floor until it finally came out of him with a defeating shriek. The crowd was awestruck and unable to stop saying among themselves, what is this new teaching that comes with such authority? With merely a word, he commands demons to come out and they obey him. So the reports about Jesus spread like wildfire throughout every community in the region of Galilee. And I know that kind of might sound crazy and weird, but he commanded and had an authority of things not of this world. And we must remember that we are not of the world, but yet we are in the world. We carry his nature, we carry his power. What if we spoke to depression, we spoke to anxiety, we spoke to people with physical ailments and mental ailments and emotional ailments and spoke hope to them and said no more in Jesus' name, that there is life, that there is joy, that there is hope, and we literally gave people that. Not just spoke about it, but we gave people that. That we have an authority and a power within us. This is a way that Jesus walked. This is a way that Jesus lived. Back then, they didn't call it depression. They didn't call it anxiety. They didn't call it OCD. They didn't call it whatever. And I can say those things because I've dealt with those things in my life. And I still am dealing with those things in my life. So that's why I'm using those as examples. But there's a lot of things that they didn't have names for back then. But yet, Jesus healed. And Jesus spoke to them and gave hope to them. And I believe in medicine, I believe in counselors, I believe in doctors. But you know what I also believe in is Jesus, that he can heal and bring healing. My mentor would always say, we were healed, we are healed, and we'll continue to be healed. And and in days that maybe I wake up and I feel heavy and I feel sad and I don't know why, guess who my medicine is? Jesus. Guess who my hope is? Jesus. Guess what I draw close to? I draw close to him. Now, I also have, I go to a counselor once in a while, and I, I have friends and people, and they, I get prayer from and, and help from, because so, we're not meant to do this journey alone. 
but the first person I go to is Jesus. Jesus is my personal medicine. And he can be yours too, along with whatever else we choose to help us with. You're not alone in this journey. And this wasn't in my notes, and I wasn't even planning to talk about this. But again, I can speak about it because I lived it. You're not alone in this journey. And he sees you, and he's with you. And he's a God who heals. And he's a God who gives compassion and hope. Later in the story, a, a man on the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was a day of rest when no one worked. And a guy had a shriveled hand. He was hurting, and Jesus came. And the guy said, if you are willing, will you heal me? And you know what Jesus responds? He says, of course I'm willing. And he heals him. And the religious Pharisees freak out and said, you healed and you did work. You did ministry on the Sabbath. And they were like, dude. He didn't say dude. But he said, if your sheep or your lamb fell in a ditch, wouldn't you help it? If your son or your daughter got hurt, wouldn't you be there for them? Jesus brought hope and healing. He walked away that had authority, that had the light of life. And guys, we get to walk that way. But will we choose to? Will we choose to? Will we believe that there's something in your life that can impact someone else's? And it's the Spirit of God. And as you steward that relationship, as you spend time with Him, just like you would with any friend, you'll become closer to Him. And you'll be, have a confidence that he is with you and that he is in you. And the things that have held you back in life that you haven't been able to beat, that you haven't been able to get over, you'll start to become victor, victorious over them, just like he was victorious over them. Because he is with you and in you. In this book and in this gospel of Mark, it's all a bunch of stories of Jesus walking up and choosing to do radical things. In John 18, 14, he says, you will not be orphans. My spirit will come with you to live within you, to walk with you. That's how Jesus walks with us and talks with us and fathers us by the power of his spirit. And as we read his word, as we study his life, as we practice to walk as he walked, our lives are changed. And bit by bit, we start to look like him. We start to talk like him. We start to act like him. And bit by bit, people look into our eyes and they start to see his eyes. People will start to know that Jesus is real because we are real. Some people will never pick up this book, but you know what they'll only ever know about God? Is what they've seen through your life. You'll be the only Bible they ever read. We don't just learn about the word of God, Paula. We don't just study it, but we become it. Think about that. You might be the only Bible, Skylar, that your friends ever read in their whole life. What is the story of our lives telling? Jesus knew his mission. He came and he preached and he said, we must go to this town. We must go to this town for this is my mission to come and do my father's will to give people hope, to help them know that there is another way to turn back to the ways of God. This is the mission that I was sent here for. Do we know our mission? And I promise you, as you get to know his mission, you'll start to know yours. You'll start to know yours.
But we can't if a warrior first doesn't know he's a son or a daughter. They're just always going to be striving to get affirmation that they already have, but they don't know it. We don't run a race or live a life for affirmation, but from it. And for most of my life, I just wanted to be good enough for God to use me. So I thought, if I didn't read the word of God every day, he wouldn't use me to preach for a while. I thought if I ever drank a beer, um, he wouldn't use me. You know, I would never get married. I'd never have kids. I'd never be a man of God. It was all on works, all on me. And I didn't understand sonship. I didn't understand what it means to be a child of God. And you might have noticed I kind of skipped over this intentionally, but Jesus was baptized. And I believe our mission and everything I've talked about starts with this verse, and it's going to be on the screen. When Jesus was baptized, the Father spoke from the heavens so others could hear it as well. And he said, you are my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. You are my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight in you is in you. And I feel like the father in prepping for this message said, Rye, I want my kids, my sons and my daughters, my children to know that they are my cherished ones and that his greatest delight is in you. And for so long I heard that up here, but I never knew it in here. And I pray tonight that you'll begin to experience how the Father loves you and believes in you. And that he's your greatest friend and he's always, always with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Captain. 
here at Alive, uh, when we say the word family, it doesn't mean uh, we're perfect, but we want to emulate a family. And I believe family is there for each other, that we're not just here one day a week, but that's why we do small groups, and that's why we do something every weekend, just to be community, to be family, to be there in the highs of life and the lows of life. And every here, time here at Alive, if you're new, we just have a time where we have leaders on the side of the room. And we just want to partner with you in prayer. And, and if that, that might scare you and you don't have to do anything, if a leader comes up to you, they won't come up to you, you can go to them. But I would offer you encouragement to go pray with someone if you need prayer. If anything from this message or this night spoke to you, get some prayer. And as Eric leads us into this song, it's called From the Inside Out. And if I could sing one song to Jesus, this would be the song that I would sing. It's, it's really like a prayer that the Lord would change me and change us from the inside out. And if anything in this song resonates with you, I'd ask you to go and partner up with someone and ask them to pray for you. It, it's almost 9 o'clock and we, almost, we end then, but we're going to go a, a little later because it's the first night. But Sadie and Amy baked awesome treats and they're going to be out there. They'd love to meet you and give you a snack if you, want, if you need to go. But if you can stay, we invite you to stay about 15 more minutes with us and get some prayer and worship through these songs. I just want to echo what Ryan said. And I want to invite you guys to think of this song in two ways, a declaration. 
then also a prayer. That was also on my heart. Um, a declaration because I think a lot of times when the new year comes around, everyone is thinking like, you know, new year, new me. But then there's also new uncertainties. And this song is a lot about the things that also don't change, like God. And God is a God that never changes. journey of trying to walk the way that Jesus walked. We don't really know where to start. Um, but in Psalm 139, that was on my heart whenever, when, when Ryan was talking. It says, search me, O God. Search my heart, test my heart, test my mind, and see if there's any grievous way in me. And that just means, God, if there's anything in my heart that's not of you, any feeling that's not of you, please take it away. The first sentence was saying that, lead me in the way everlasting. And that's what we want to do. We want to follow him in the way everlasting. So just ask God to search your heart and show you if there's anything that he wants to help you break free from.
Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain.
Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yeah, Father, we just thank you, God, that you are a chain breaker in Jesus' name. And because you break our chains, Father, we break other people's chains off in Jesus' name. That we break chains in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just pray Adam's word again against shame, against guilt. If anyone is feeling like, I don't know this Jesus, I won't be accepted by this Jesus, he's a friend. He's a friend. And as you open up your hearts to him, I promise you that he will meet you where you're at and that you are not alone in this journey, in this life. So, Father, I thank you that you call us to walk and to live as the way you did. And I pray that we will be someone's hope, someone's solution this week. And they look into our eyes and see a glimpse of your eyes looking back at them. I pray for this semester, for this family, for small groups, for every event, everything that we do, God, that would be glorifying to you. And I thank you for everyone that came out. Bless them for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, well, can we give it up one more time for the worship band? Amen. They're awesome. Next week we are going to be recording an EP. We want to put them up on Spotify, and so it's going to take a, a little while, but we're going to do a couple recordings, so we want you to come up next week. You're right. You might be in, in the background, you know, uh, so Blaine, sing loud. You might be on there, but, but we know you will, right? <laughs> but hey, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Um, hope to see you at small groups this week at Bowling Friday, and uh, we kind of have a little tradition going. After every Alive, a bunch of us goes out to B-dubs on Prospect. Uh, Austin Lipschko is going to buy someone dinner tonight, he said. So I actually just made that up. I shouldn't lie in church, so I'm sorry. I shouldn't lie at all. I try not to. <laughs> but no, we're going out there uh, after we tear down and all that. So if you want to join us, uh, we'll probably be in there like in an hour. But uh, feel free to hang out, get some snacks, get to know someone. And thanks so much for coming out. Have a great and blessed week. Peace. And for real, gymnastics meet Saturday at 2. Be there. Thank you.